0: So get ready, it's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey everyone, it's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I am glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode. First, if you have not already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And second, we recently launched the Move the Ball merchandise store. There's a link in the show notes, so be sure to go check that out, get yourself some swag, and rock that you are a part of the Move the Ball movement. Okay, for today's episode, I've got a great guest with us. We recently had the NFL draft, it was last month. And right before that, we wrapped up my Path to the Draft series with members of the 2022 NFL Draft class, where many of them just got done with their rookie minicams. And what I wanted to do on this episode was bring on an incredible guest who's currently playing in the league and who back in 2016 went through a similar process with his NFL draft. Inside the huddle with us today and ready to talk about his experience and what he does to move the ball is Kenny Clark. Kenny, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: Well, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. Just got down with all of our, our OTAs and stuff for the day and meetings and all that kind of stuff. So uh, now I'm just chilling.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you here with us. I know you're busy. You've got OTAs going on, other stuff coming up. So I appreciate you carving out some time for us to chat. Let me just share a little bit about your background. So Kenny is an NFL nose tackle who currently plays for the Green Bay Packers. He played college football at UCLA for the Bruins. And he was drafted by the Packers in the 2016 NFL draft in the first round as the 27th overall pick. During his NFL career, Kenny recorded 262 tackles, 22 and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries. And he's also a two-time Pro Bowler. And he's going to continue to add to those stats in this next season. All right, Kenny, you ready to move the ball?
1: Yeah, ready.
0: So you've been in the league for a few years now. How is your perspective changed. We all know that the NFL is a business. And so when you look at the business side of being a professional football player, how has that perspective changed from when you were a rookie to where you are at today?
1: It's changed a lot. I think in the beginning of the process, you kinda get like really emotional about the business of of everything. Nowadays it's more, you know, you understand how everything goes, you understand whether it's contracts, people getting cut, people getting traded and all that kind of stuff. You kinda understand how that process goes and what teams are looking for and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm pretty much like getting used to it and all that kind of stuff. But the main thing is like just keeping the emotion out of it when it comes to the business side and like being able to understand that the NFL is actually a business.
0: And I mentioned that we recently had the draft. We have a lot of guys coming in their rookie season. When you were a rookie, was there something that you wish someone had told you right off the bat that you've had to learn since then in your journey?
1: really just enjoying the process and like everybody got their own has their own path. I was first round pick and I remember first getting drafted out I had a lot of pressure on me to play and all that kind of stuff and in the beginning of my career I didn't play like that I didn't play that much until the playoffs started so I was playing like consistently and kind of had like an attitude about it got emotional about it and all that kind of stuff but you know, that year two came around and kind of got more comfortable in the locker room, got more comfortable with my plan and my everyday work that I do and learning how to take care of my body and all that kind of stuff. And then it was upward from there. But I think just being able to just enjoy the process and just understand that you got time to grow. You want to come into work every single day trying to get better at something and not take your job for granted.
0: For sure. Now I wanted to talk about your draft experience so April 28th, 2016. Big day for you, day one of the NFL draft that was hosted in my city, Chicago. What was it like getting that phone call from the Packers and them telling you that they were selecting you?
1: It was awesome. It was awesome. I didn't know if I was going to get drafted in the first round or early second. And my mom, we held like a huge party. And she said, like, we're going to have it just for this one day and this one day only. We had a draft party. And once I got that call, the whole just room lit up. Just talking to my coaches and talking to the GM, um, Delay Ted Thompson, um, and just them telling me, you know, how excited they are to get me in the building and all that kind of stuff just meant the world to me.
0: And a lot of people on social media and and the fan base see the draft day, right? And they see your name get called and they see that, you know, oh, it's a great celebration, but it's a business like we talked about. And so it's right to work right after that. Walk us through what was it like after draft day and then going into rookie minicamp and then to training
1: camp? Yeah, so when you first get in, it's like, I was that last class to where I got to rookie minicamp and then I had to go back home and I had to learn everything from back at home. So my coaches, they had to do like Zoom or I forgot what it was at the time, but it wasn't Zoom. It was like FaceTime or something. We had to FaceTime. And I had to go through all my installs at home. And the next time I came back and I was a- able to go to the team and to practice with the team was camp. So that adjustment for me, like nowadays, whether you're in a quarter system or a semester system or whatever, as rookies, you can, you can show up whenever. But UCLA was a quarter system school and I wasn't able to go up there. So, yeah, like that part was pretty hard to adjust to, just not being able to be around my teammates like although I'm learning through the book and stuff, I wasn't going through the walkthroughs and stuff that everybody else was going through. All the other rookies were were already up here in Green Bay going through. So I think that part was a little difficult. But other than that, now like I love ball. I love what I do. It was just exciting to be out on the field and just to throw on my helmet and and to meet the guys and all that kind of stuff. And guys in this in the locker room that I had there. I mean, here when I first got drafted, you know, Clay Matthews, Mike Daniels, and Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Nelson, Julius Peppers. We had, like, lots of great names here. So it was just, you know, honored to share the field with those guys.
0: For sure. Now, Southern California is very different than Green Bay, right? For sure. (laughs) Summertime, it's not as bad. It's still, you know, decent weather. But then when fall comes and winter, it starts to get a little bit colder. How was that adjustment for you?
1: It was pretty tough in the beginning. My first time seeing snow was when I got out here. So, yeah, yeah, it was... Like, I was driving in the snow. I didn't know, you know, how to drive in the snow. car was sliding, and it was a hard adjustment. But the thing I appreciate about a place like Green Bay is that how family-oriented it is. Because, you know, I, I went to school at, in UCLA, and nowadays, like, you don't see kids playing in the street and riding bikes. And I, and I say that, it's, it's something so small, but you don't see it. You never see it. Out here, you got kids playing basketball. You got kids playing outdoor football, pickup games. You got kids riding bikes. You got people walking everywhere. People are still, the clerks in the grocery stores are still carrying out older people's groceries and stuff like that. I love that part of it because it gives you appreciation that, you know, people are still like this. Being in LA, it's a beautiful place to be, but you know, you don't see that all the time. So that's what I do appreciate about being out here.
0: I can completely appreciate that. I grew up in the Midwest, but I also lived out in Southern California, went to school out in in LA area. So I I know what you're talking about. And it's one of the reasons why I actually wanted to come back to the Midwest is for the things that you just described. It's just a different vibe. Nothing wrong with LA. California is a great place to be, but I do miss that Midwest vibe. So I'm kind of glad to be back here, except for the winters. Every winter, I wonder why am I here? (laughs) (laughs) So as you know, I mean, no matter what your profession is, professional athlete or another job, it's always important to be working on your craft and looking at how you can get better. My listeners know that I wrote this book called Move the Ball, which is what sparked this Move the Ball movement. And in that book, I write about different principles and lessons that football taught me as a kid being a student of the game. One of those things that I emphasize is the improvement-focused mentality that's striving to be continually better than you were before. You're currently doing off-season training. What are some of the things that you're really focused on now to be better?
1: Really just my mindset now. I truly believe we all got the ability, like the reason why we're drafted, the reason why we're in the building is because we all have that athletic talent they see. But I truly believe that what sets everybody apart is consistency and the mental side of the game. How fast can you pick stuff up? How much can you clear out the noise and play ball like you know how to. And I think, you know, that's the biggest thing. But I think just mentally, we got like a sports psychologist here. I spoke to him a couple of times throughout the year. And he helps me just constantly, constantly stay on myself about being able to be consistent every day. How can I be more consistent in keeping that stuff in my mind? So I'm always constantly working on myself and taking me through exercises or whether it's meditation and all that kind of stuff. And just playing out great plays in your head and all that kind of stuff to weed out the negative stuff. I think that that's really been helping me too. So yeah, just visualizing my success. I think the mental part is what I've really been working on.
0: I like that you touched on the mental part, but also consistency. I mean, I have a lot of either guys that are in the league now or former pro athletes that talk about how it's a mental game. The speed of the game is faster. Everyone's talented. So how you can separate yourself is that consistency but also the mental piece, right? And just staying as mentally strong as you possibly can. For sure. So we talked about training camp and right before the rookie season. That first season, you shared a little bit about how you were a little bit frustrated that you didn't get to play as much as you want. But what did that first year, how did you grow and mature as a player during that first year?
1: So that first year is really just motivating me. I think when you're a first round pick and you're coming into a team, you get drafted, it's like, I kind of had the mindset, man, I'm supposed to play. I'm supposed to be the guy. Everybody's looking at me to be this. And I remember when we lost the playoffs in the NFC Championship my rookie year, the next week I was working. I texted my trainer. I'm like, I never, ever in my life. I mean, of course, I was mad about the loss, but I was just talking about just myself and the position that I was in on the team, my role on the team. And I told my trainer, I'll never be in this position again. I never want to feel like this. That next week, I just start putting in the most work i ever done. And all that stuff has just really paid off for me. And now it's it's just taught me how to be a just a complete pro. And I have great guys in the locker room to look up to. And not only that, it's just been a blessing. Just had the people that got around me to push me and to make me who I am today.
0: Yeah, I talked to a lot of guys about like resiliency and when you miss a tackle, you fumble the ball, like how do you keep going in a game? You know, they always talk about focusing on the next play, right? In a game, you kind of have to, you're forced to because you're in the action. And so the environment requires you to like not get stuck and lost in that event that just happened and move forward. When you're past that and it's after a game or, you know, after a loss, how do you keep yourself mentally focused and locked in to continue to? want to excel and move the ball, as I like to say, and just keep progressing at the goals when you're not in that, you know, 60 minutes of playing in the action kind of a thing.
1: It's really just the mentality, just understanding that as a competitor, you always want to just be able to stay ready, stay hungry.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's the main thing, you know, is every day you go to practice, compete, you show the coaches that you can be trusted on the field. That's the biggest thing is a lot of guys, you know, they don't play or, they have all the athletic ability, but a lot of sometimes a lot of coaches just don't trust young know, guys and just being able to not only win my matchups and win, you know, athletically and beat the offensive lineman or whatever, but also actually like know what I'm doing, have confidence in what I'm doing, being able to, if I see something being fit to make plays and all that kind of stuff, or if we're calling it a stunt or a twist, just knowing when able to do it. And when I say it, just say it confidently so coaches know like okay he he knows his stuff we can trust him to get out there he's not going to mess things up and all that kind of stuff he's ready so i think as a competitor you just always want to stay after it that way practice hard build those habits and create that standard for yourself and then just try to live up to that standard every day
0: so you talk about habits i mean we all know that your habits that you put into practice are what shape your outcomes what are some of the habits walk us through like what's your morning routine like
1: so first thing I go, get up, get breakfast, and I either go in the sauna or I get in the hot tub, listen to some music, chill out. And then usually I like weights or something like that. We got to lift, get my, hit, hit my lift. And that Wednesday, before we get into the meetings, I'm going over the install, what we're going to be going through like throughout the whole week. So I go through the install. I have all that stuff written down already. So I'm already prepared going into the meeting if I got some questions or anything like that. Yeah, that's how I start off the morning. And then, you know, we go into walkthroughs and we go through that stuff, go into meetings, and then we go out and practice and perform it.
0: And I like that you talk about the preparation. I mean, no matter what it is you're doing, whether you're a professional athlete or a corporate professional, I mean, that preparation is so important to your success. I mean, people always ask me, you know, like, do you have 27 hours in the day because you get so much stuff done? No, I have 24, just like everybody else I wish I yeah. had. 27. But it's really about what I do. I mean, I prepare on Sundays is my big prep day for the week so that I know, okay, these are the things that I got to knock out of the park. And and the other things that I don't need to worry about that week, I push off to the side. And so it's really about locking in for what you have to do each week. But that preparedness is a key component of that.
1: Yeah. And everybody has that choice. Everybody has that choice. But the funny thing is just like, everybody knows what they got to do. Everybody tries to figure out ways to shortcut it and do all the kind of stuff. Everybody knows at the end of the day the work that you got to put in to become what you want to become. And the best thing about life is that every day you got a choice to make that decision. You know what I'm saying? So the more I truly believe, like, and this is just how my life has been going, the more work that I put in and not just going out there just banging my head and lifting weights, but the more I'm preparing, the more that I'm talking, the more ask the questions in the walkthroughs, all that kind of stuff, the better player that I am, the more I, I see stuff, the more I can talk to a younger guy like like I'm a coach and, and tell him what he's doing wrong. It's just the more I can get to my team and, and give out for myself. You know what I'm saying? So sure. I truly believe in preparation. I'm a huge guy. on like writing things down. I literally write everything down. I don't care if I know the play or not. I write it down. And that's just my neck and, and how I remember things. And that stuff has just been working for me since college, and I haven't changed it.
0: And other people on the show have talked about their longevity in the league. A few things. One, they focus on how they can be a value-added contributor to the team as a whole. It's not just about their position, right? And so it's being able to coach other players. It's understanding the game at a strategic level, not just at your position. So really being a student of the game and understanding how all of the pieces put together, which it sounds like that's what you've been doing, which is great. And you have been in the league longer than the average. The average NFL career, they say, is about two and a half years Depending on your position, it might be longer than that. But overall, it's about two and a half years. So what other things have you been doing that you think that have helped to ensure your longevity in the league?
1: So first off, I take care of my body. I don't have like a set number, like how much money that I spend on my body. But if it's workouts, yoga, massages, Pilates, boxing, all that kind of stuff, I, I put in the work to take care of my body. I come into OTAs in shape. I don't plan on like getting it. I don't work my way into shape coming into OTAs. I'm, I'm in shape before OTAs and I try to keep that track going coming into camp and stuff like that. So I think I do just do a great job of just taking care of my body. I take the right steps. I have a chef that comes in every week, three days a week. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I have my chef so I can stay on my diet. I think that's just been helping me out and been helping me to stay healthy throughout the years I've been in the league.
0: And as you were talking about spending money on these different resources to take care of your body, it made me think about how you're investing in your body, which is an important part for your career, for your job being a professional athlete. And you know, to those that are corporate professionals, I mean, I think you need to take that similar approach that you need to make the investments in whatever skills it is that you need to be able to advance your career, right? might not be, I mean, you should invest in your health and wellness as well, but also, you know, are you should you be taking classes? Should you be investing in some other resource to just keep you as sharp as you can be at your craft
1: as well? A hundred percent. I mean, at the end of the day, your body is a moneymaker. If your body can't produce for you, you're not going to be able to make money in this league. I tell young guys all the time, invest in your body because the more you put in for your body, the more you don't get out of it. You know what I'm saying? So you always want to just take advantage of wherever you can because, I mean, uh, the amount of money and all that kind of stuff that you think you'd probably be wasting on a workout or on a massage or, or whatever, it's not even going to be near the amount of money that you're going to make when you get that big contract because of all the work that you've been putting in there. So.
0: Right. And I work with a lot of athletes, I work with a lot of corporate professionals on their branding and positioning themselves so that they can attract the opportunities that they want. The clients that I have, they understand the investment, right? It's an investment so that they can make more money so they can grow their career. And I find a lot of people that they just don't take that seriously. And it's interesting to see, but obviously at, you know, the pro level of playing sports, you understand that importance of making the investments in the areas that you need to to ensure your success for your career.
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: So when I mentioned your bio earlier in the show, I had shared that you were a two-time Pro Bowler. I know you were selected as a Pro Bowl alternate before that. What was it like being able to go to the Pro Bowl?
1: Oh, the Pro Bowl is amazing. Just being able to be around so many guys that has played at a high level, and to be awarded before that, it's amazing. You're around so many guys to be able to like pick their brain and know and figure out the kind of moves they like and how they see things. I think you find so much value in that kind of stuff. And just the whole experience playing in the game and all that kind of stuff. It's stuff that you you know, you know dream about as a kid. It's everybody's dream. like, man, I want to play in the Pro Bowl. I want to be a great player in the league. And for me to be there, that, that was awesome.
0: And when you first learned about your first Pro Bowl award, I guess I'll call it, or being selected, selection is probably the better term. What were you thinking when you first learned that you were
1: selected? Honestly, I was expecting to be selected, but I didn't know if I was going to be like an alternate again or if I was going to get in straight away. But me getting in straight away was awesome because it just shows the work that I put in and you get voted in and guys respect you. I think a lot of fans don't really, I would say I'm like known around the league, but the average fan, I don't think the average fan really understands everything that I do. But to get, noticed by your peers and all that kind of stuff. That's what really means the most to me. So that was cool.
0: For sure. Now as you look back on your time in the league so far, what has been your most memorable game or experience?
1: So many. I would say we played the Rams in the playoffs, what, two years ago or last year or something like that. I had like two and a half sacks that game. It was a game to go to the MC Championship. It was a huge game. And the Rams were just coming off a huge win. They came to Lambeau and I had a huge game, two and a half sacks, and we got the win, and we had advanced to the NFC Championship. It was a huge game. Do
0: you guys train any different going into the playoffs versus the regular season, or is it still pretty much steady the same way you train and practice all the way through?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much the same way. I mean, depending on what seed you get is that's how they switch up practices and stuff like that. So we were the number one seed the first year, and we got that week off before the playoffs. So for the most part, we just practicing against each other the ones versus ones and trying to stay sharp. And then once we get into that game, we, we get back to doing the normal process that we do like during the season.
0: Gotcha. So this question, I've got mixed feelings about asking you, but I'm going to ask it. What was your favorite win against Chicago Bears? Obviously the Bears and the Packers have, <laughs> they yeah, they have this rivalry. It's a friendly rivalry. It's, it's fun. Some people take it a little bit more seriously, but what was your favorite win against my
1: team? All of them. All of them. Said, uh, you know, all of them, but we played up there one year. They had just won the division the year before, and then we played the Bears week one. I think it was two years ago, two or three years ago, and that game was so crazy. It was loud. It was it was week one, the start of the season. It was on Sunday Night Football, and we won it on a close one, but it was just a really good game, and it felt like that Packer-Bear rivalry, just that loud the fans are just out there disrespectful. It was just, it was just <laughs> fun. It was just fun.
0: Do you prefer to win when you're playing the Bears? Do you prefer to do it in Lambeau or at Soldier Field?
1: I love winning at, at Soldier Field, like at the Pona at the, at the stadium. That's the best feeling because you get to walk out, talk a little mess to the fans. That, that's the best part.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. So as you look back on your NFL career, how have you really grown as a player and as a leader in the league and what are the qualities that you think are necessary to be a great leader at this level?
1: Honestly, I, I just, this is something that I'm still working on, you know, to this day. I've never really been a person that talks and stuff like that. So I'm pretty much like a leader by example kind of guy. But I think, and I say that cause like, I, I think I just been myself, you know, I've I been myself. and My teammates, they see the same person come in every single day, putting in my work, handling my business. And I'm leading by example, going hard at practice all the time, performing in the games. And I'm just developing that leadership role. And the more you, you're you yourself, guys start to feel that energy. They start to appreciate you being on the team. They start to appreciate you for the person that you are. And I think that's how you grow as a leader. or That's that's just how I've been growing as a leader. I just, I mean, coming in as the same guy every day, putting in the work and each and every year as, as I get older and. And I'm talking a little bit more and trying to become more of a vocal leader, too, for our team. I just found that the more you yourself, is just, you know, guys start to just gravitate to it. When you talk, now people listen. You're not that guy that's just talking and talking and, and people just tune you out. When I talk now, guys are, are really tuning in to see what I got to say. I think that's how I've been developing more as a leader.
0: Sure. You've got their trust and respect. And so they care about your opinion and what you have to say. So we're, we're a few months away from the kickoff of the season. yet, yeah, but what excites you about this upcoming season?
1: Just, you know, we got another chance to be great and to win the Super Bowl. it mean a, the world to me. So we're going to have a pretty stacked team again this year. Our defense is going to be really stacked, and I'm excited about that. This is going to be probably the most talented defense i ever played with. So excited about all the pieces that we got on defense to push this team. So. Yeah, expecting a great year, expecting a lot of great things out of my teammates. We hope we get it done this year.
0: Well, I am looking forward to the start of the season, as I'm sure many people listening to the show are as well. And I know a lot of friends that are Packer fans, so they'll definitely be rooting for you all for sure. So, you know, at some point, football is going to come to an end, hopefully not for quite some time yet. Have you thought about what you might want to do when you hang up those cleats?
1: I don't know exactly what I want to do, but... I want to do some stuff in my community with kids and that has something to do with like education. I don't, I don't know what that exactly is yet. I don't know if it's starting a school, a charter school or whatever, or all that kind of stuff. I don't know exactly how I want to go about it, but I, I know that's definitely what I want to do is being able to connect with kids in my community, get them scholarships, donate money, and all that kind of stuff, and get them to colleges so we can get more kids out of my community and schools.
0: I think that's a great plan and another way to move the ball because move the ball is not just about what you do. As I like to say, it's about the impact that you make on others as well. For sure. So, Kenny, what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yep. All right. First question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I wanted to be a firefighter.
0: Oh, nice. (laughs) What three words would you use to describe yourself?
1: Passionate a worker, and strong.
0: Okay. What is one thing that most people don't know about you?
1: That's a good question. Uh, A lot of people don't know that I used to wrestle. I used to be a wrestler in high school.
0: Nice. Okay. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be?
1: March Madness by Future.
0: Okay. (laughs) What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to?
1: I listen to a lot of sports podcasts. I read The Alchemist. I forget the other book, but it's about resiliency and it's more like mentally training. Nice. I forget the title of it, but it's, it's more like about being resilient and training yourself mentally through hard times.
0: Gotcha. My next question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you pick and why?
1: LeBron, Drake, and Alicia Keys. I'm going go Alicia Keys. Those are all three like powerful people in our industry and... I would love to like get their takes on business, how they keep working through you know all the success that they've ever had. They've always been successful and how to just year after year reset and be able to perform and be great.
0: Yeah, that would be a great conversation for sure to hear their perspectives. My last question is, do you sing in the shower?
1: Sometimes, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> would people say that you're good at singing in the shower? No, oh
1: my no. God. I'll just be yelling. You yeah, just, just yelling out. Loud.
0: <laughs> All right. So as we look to end the show, can you let people know, where can they follow you? Where are you at on social media?
1: You can follow me on Instagram at junior underscore. And then on Twitter, you can follow me at kcboutthatlife.
0: All right. We'll have those links in our show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kenny. All right. Thank you. And thanks to everyone so much for listening to today's episode. If you like the show, make sure you share it with a friend or two or three. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. And also be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our link for the Move the Ball merchandise store. All right. Thanks, everybody, again for listening. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball.